I V M I V M Hey everyone this is your daily dose of everything that's happening in the world of NBA I am Monish and joining me as he does always is Nishant and you're listening to The Airball Diaries We had an exciting day of, uh, or rather an exciting weekend of NBA action. We saw Kevin Durant put up 50 points. We saw LeBron James put up 50 points. We had a game where Steph Curry took like seven shots and still the Warriors beat the Bucks by 20 points. So lots of stuff to talk about. Let's get started. Whether you're an established sports person or a budding one or simply a sports enthusiast, join us, Tanvi and Shlok. We are two passionate pro badminton players talking policy, mindset and everything sport. So tune in to the Millennial Athlete every Monday only on the IVM Podcast Network. Trust us, it's going to be lit. Uh before we even get started about uh, Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets or LeBron James, uh, I want to look back at this plane tournament, right? And this that what is making this league so exciting right now. Yeah. This is the time where teams shut down and nobody really cares about it it's about playing for the seeding some teams are interested in that some team don't uh, doesn't don't care and uh, they just take whatever seed they get and then they move on right if they are especially if you're the 6 7 8 and you're not really looking to get the home advantage yeah. but this season you can see the teams that uh, like the washington wizards they still have hope of finishing 10th uh, they don't have any hope of finishing 8 but they have hope of finishing 10th uh, you see the cavs really struggling to hold on to that 6 spot because that 6 spot becomes so important uh, you don't want to play in the plane and then face that unpredictability so you're trying to finish with the 6 spot sacramento kings still have hope because they're still in 12th spot uh, and far away but still have hope yeah. and you can see them hustling every game just because they have this opportunity to finish in then these are the times that would have shut down like the raptor uh, sorry the kings uh, the wizards all of these teams would have shut down in the earlier seasons but now because of plane tournament Yeah, it's working. Uh, it, it it's working. Yeah, it, there is something to play for. There's no tanking. Yeah. I mean, the concept of tanking gets. Lo- uh, I mean, the probability of tanking gets smaller yeah, and smaller. Yeah, yeah. You can see teams like Portland Trailblazers, even though they're 11, they just don't want to win and qualify because it doesn't no good. But uh, uh, I like the thing. Uh, I like the playing concept. It's it's helping out mm-hmm. uh, the teams. It's helping out the fans even because some games are still exciting. <clears throat> But that being said and done, uh, we have a solid top 10 now. There have been no ins and outs of this top 10 from the last few weeks at least you think we have a 20 teams that are going to make the playoffs in the plains i uh, i think in the east we do i'm looking at the west and yeah i think the order would shuffle but i think we've got a yeah. lock on on the teams yeah for sure yeah no chance that the uh, sacramento kings make a jump uh, no chance that the wizards make a jump knicks have been on a tear lately but they lost yesterday Yeah, no, I I don't see it. I don't see it from any of those teams. I mean, Portland were closest, right? And and them, uh, they themselves. I don't know if I'm uh, I'm sure of them making it through. Uh, mostly yeah. because the Pelicans picked up. I don't think it's a, a reflection on how Portland are playing. I think Simmons Simmons has been great, and uh, they've been okay. They've been okayish. But I think the Pelicans have picked up, and that kind of distances them from the Spurs and the the Trailblazers. Yeah. Yep. with zion in the offing i don't know maybe they know something we don't because they're saying he's close to getting yeah. back on the court i that normally i'd be cynical about this but hey if the team saying it they've usually been overcautious about the guy so if they're saying it then there must be something yeah plus he's uh, seen nowadays he's coming yeah. to the games he's watching the games which was not the case earlier so yeah so clearly the feedback helped um, including <laughs> and especially that he didn't call mccollum when he was traded in 
Um, I, I think he's now making a, he's on a charm offensive of sorts. Uh, a subtle one, but it's there. <laughs> he's more visible and all of that. Yeah, so that's that's kind of why I don't think uh, the Pelicans would be toppled. The only way the Western playing situation gets shaken up is if the Lakers just decide to suck even more and, mm-hmm. and drop out of the top 10, but yeah, highly unlikely. <laughs> we have to talk about the eighth seed in the East. We would rather, I mean, we don't spend so much time talking about such low seeds, but yeah. the eighth seed in the East are a problem. In the last <laughs> week, uh, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, yeah. they had a Kyrie Ironing 50-point game. They had a Kevin Durant 50-point game. And they beat the Philadelphia by what, 30, 35, something like that. At least it felt like that. Uh, they killed them, literally walked all over them. Mm. Now, this is a team that everyone wants to avoid. At this moment, do you think not getting the top seed or the second seed because the Nets can as well finish seventh is a better option and being third is probably the best option in the East. Why would you say that though? Who are they trying to avoid? Well, uh, no, Brooklyn is not avoiding anyone, but Miami, Philadelphia, they don't want to face Brooklyn. For them, sure. No, but... uh... I don't know. See, if, if you're Philadelphia, at some point, it's it's almost inevitable that you have to take down the Nets. Wouldn't mm-hmm. you rather it be sooner than later, given uh, you don't want them to get a full head of steam with Kyrie. You wouldn't want them to... Uh, who knows, maybe the restrictions are in your favor. They haven't been lifted yet. What if they're lifted yeah. midway through or after the first round? Uh, not that I think the playoff timelines have anything to do with the restrictions. I hope not. But um, yeah, it, it, they would factor all this. And if I were the Philadelphia 76ers, I think... I'm looking at the chip this season, which means it's entirely likely that I have to beat one of the Bucks or or the Nets at some point this season, maybe even both, I don't know, depending on where the chips line up. Um, I'd want to face the Nets as as early as possible before they get set in with Simmons, before they get set in with Kyrie and and that whole thing becomes a problem. Uh, has there been a more dangerous eighth seed until now? Because this no. is a team that has KD and Kyrie. Yep. Seth Curry is hitting form. They've kind of replaced the, the loss of Joe Harris with Seth Curry and probably even better player in Seth yeah. Curry. They got rebounder Drummond yeah. and Ben Simmons is yet to walk into this lineup. That is scary. That's a scary looking unit. Paddy Mills. That's not... Uh... Yeah, the backup now. Paddy Mills, yeah. Goran Dragic getting the, yeah. bringing the experience and you have hustlers like Bruce Brown, James Johnson. All of these guys can contribute. Uh, it's, a good bunch. it's a good yeah. bunch. It's not a very deep squad, I must say. But now with uh, with what they got in exchange for Harden, they're probably slightly stronger. Um, yeah. Because yeah, sure, you lose Harden. But what you get is some of that squad depth that you gave up in trying to acquire Harden in the first place. You, you let go of a bunch of young yeah. talent. Um, you you don't get that caliber talent back, but you get enough players to to beef up the roster a little bit because it looked way for thin at one point. Um, and then you get Ben Simmons, who hopefully, if it works out, can be the elite defender that you need him to be because you don't need him to be much else um, in the in the playoffs, right? So um, interesting interesting scenes there. I don't think there has ever been a more powerful uh, eighth seed by by a long shot. I don't. I can't. I'm trying to recollect if there's any team that got ravaged by injuries but then later came back to do well. I, I don't think so. I mean, there may, there may have been teams that didn't belong in the 8th spot that became the 8th seed, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. not to go on and achieve anything that season. I can't remember at least anyone. Like, yeah. they continue to be injury hit or whatever. Yeah. If you're Philly, would you be worried that uh, now two games now, James Harden has struggled 3 of 17 against yeah. the uh, Nets and then yesterday against the Magic, he and Embiid both struggled. They went 14 out of 47. But, but they well, got 20, 20 out of 32 <laughs> free throws, though. Uh, yeah. Now, would you consider this as two regular season games? It could go either way. Or, oh, this is the James Harden that we know from the playoffs who never really turns up in big games. 
would you be worried if you are a Philadelphia fan? Did we make a mistake here? Are you already looking at that angle? No. And when you get this roster, they suddenly lost depth. Now, when you when Embiid and Harden are resting, you have nobody to turn up to. There's no Seth Curry getting you those points still. There's no Drummond getting you those yeah. rebounds in Embiid's absence. They don't have a bite. Their backup big now is DeAndre Jordan, who is I don't know if he's even good enough to be on any team at the moment. Yeah, um, no, I I didn't overreact to the first couple of games from James Harden, and so I won't overreact to these. I think first these are still all within the first ten games he's played for the franchise. Yeah, it's yeah. not like it's the end of the world. It is a new fra- new franchise. Uh, however much of a superstar you are, it's a new system, new coach, new new offense, new franchise. um new mindset maybe james harden usually he goes into each arena thinking he's going to be a ball hog mm-hmm. we saw for the first time in brooklyn that he was actually willing to settle in and and be the ultimate team player he did that exceptionally well in season 1 and then yeah. season 2 was actually the good old james harden throwing tantrums you know tanking games and all that nonsense so no it's it's two games it's whatever i mean westbrook had a whole season he's still making 45 million so i wouldn't really you know i james harden for me doesn't matter what he does in the regular season the only thing he has to prove nobody is questioning what he can do in the regular season the only thing he has to prove is is can he uh, carry a team to the finals in the playoffs yeah the history of not turning up in yeah. big games right yeah. so yeah that that's the angle i was looking at the sixers fans do you i mean you gave up a guy who does not shoot in crunch moments at all for a guy who shoots garbage in big moments like these Hey everybody, it's been another great week on the IVM Podcast Network. On the Filter Coffee Podcast, Karthik speaks to three independent filmmakers, Guneet Monga, Sophia Paul, and Ashwin Iyer Tiwari. They dive into a conversation that is full of anecdotes, different visions, and films. Our new show, Voices for Water, hosted by Karthik Nagarajan, discusses India's great water challenge. It examines the current state of availability of water in India and how we as citizens can do our bit to tackle this challenge. On the Pesa Vesa podcast, Anupam is joined by Binal Gandhi and Sonira Sangvi, co-authors of Piggy Bank to Portfolio, How to Raise Financially Smart Kids. They talk about the reason behind writing this book and their research findings with more than 500 parents. On the Edges and Sledges Cricket podcast, Ashwin and DJ talk about the untimely demise of cricket legend Shane Warne. They also cover the India vs. Sri Lanka series. On the Life Manifesto, Serena highlights things she wishes that we were taught when we were younger. especially for women. And on all things policy, Mega talks to Arjun to discuss the recent tests conducted by the DRDO and how militaries around the world are embracing quantum. Do follow us on social media where IVM podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. And remember, if you enjoyed this show or any of our shows for that matter, please do tell a friend. Word of mouth really does help us. And also please a rating if you could that is also extremely helpful to us and remember we're also on YouTube you can check out ivmpodcast.com/youtube to get a list of the different channels that we operate on YouTube and finally we'd like to thank our sponsors this week SBI Life Insurance Bank of Baroda India Water Portal and Max Life Insurance thank you so much for making this possible Yeah well not I don't know so th- he has had plenty of games where he has shown up I think uh, he gets the raw end of, a st- of the stick sometimes on uh, uh, on this but um I think it it's safe enough to say that there have been better leaders of teams in crunch moments mm-hmm. and in in mm-hmm. big time series than James Harden um and and some of that leadership has to do with knowing how to get the team involved and knowing how to get everyone going knowing that you alone is not going to be enough to take down the other guys 
Um, I think there his judgment has come up short. And that's the big criticism against Harden. If his shooting goes off here and there, you know how good it is when it does work. So you, there's no harm in hoping that uh, the older, more experienced James Harden can get it done. Or just through free throws, he can just carry you through to the to the next round. So I I don't think uh, Philadelphia should be disappointed. I think with Ben Simmons, forget the play style, forget the skill. It was over. Like That was a complete yeah. breakdown of relationship. The organization and player, player and fans, it was just, it was done. There was nothing good that was going to come of, of stretching that. Um, everyone was saying sell early, including including me, but they, I think they did well to trade late and and get a good haul for them. And that's where you know the experience of a, of a great GM shows that he said there's always going to be some team that's going to get desperate at some point. And I want to be there when that happens with Ben Simmons. And he was, but I won't regret the deal at all. True. When you look at the other contenders in the East, uh, a couple of weeks back, we said the Bucks don't know what's happening with them. They've been losing. And then they put out six con- consecutive yeah. wins and they look like the Bucks <clears throat> of the old. Uh, Bill Lopez returns to the lineup today. So it'll be interesting to see how fit he is and how he can integrate well into this lineup. The lineup that he's already played uh, multiple years in. So it won't be too hard to integrate him, but uh, his level of fitness is something that uh, that'll be interesting to watch to see if he's at that level of fitness where he could go on and play an NBA Finals and win it. So uh, we'll see if Brook Lopez can integrate. Yeah, I mean, the Bucks are back. Uh, do you agree with that statement? I mean, six wins in a row, they're still back as a favorite, uh, coinciding with uh, Philadelphia's fall as well uh, in the like, last two weeks. Yeah, I've always been steadfast on the Bucks being my overall NBA favorites this season. Uh, so it's a relief to me that they're starting to play like it again because I had to question my judgment after one point. Um, especially when they start losing games with everyone there. Yep. Uh, by yep. everyone, I mean, okay, Brook Lopez was out, but the big three. Um, yep. They were there and then they dropped a couple of games here and there and, and didn't look very convincing. It wasn't even like, oh, you know, one shot and it could have gone the other way. Um, those matches kind of question made me question my judgment, but but it's the Bucs. It's the, it's the Bucs that we've known them to be. And now that everyone's firing, they, they seem to be formidable again, especially on defense where... Uh, in, in the middle, it didn't look quite look like that all-consuming Milwaukee intensity on defense that uh, sort of missing. With Brook Lopez, I think it's great news that he's back. And if I were if I were the Milwaukee coaching unit, I'd, the only thing I'd be thinking about is how do we ease him in uh, as best we can to get him in the best shape possible for the playoffs. Nothing else matters. Regular season doesn't really hinge on his availability in the playoffs. He's not make or break, but his presence, uh, you know, yep. could be of critical importance in several important series. Absolutely, we spoke about three contenders: the Nets, the Sixers, and the Bucks. There's still the Miami Heat. There's still the Boston Celtics, uh, who are probable contenders given the yeah. way they're playing. The most informed team, Miami Heat, the top of the, uh, top team in the conference. Is this the closest the East have been in a long, long time? Five teams that could go on and win. Uh, I'm excluding the Bulls from this because I don't think they can win. They'll be an exciting team, but I don't think they can win. But the Heat, uh, they're top. You have to put them in that bracket. Uh, Celtics, the most informed team, the best defense by a distance. You got to put them in the conversation. So, is this the closest the East has been in a long time? Five teams that can go on all the way? I don't think so because the the East have had five teams before that were all pretty formidable. And barring the few years where LeBron <clears throat> just made it entirely one-sided where it didn't matter mm-hmm. who he faced, he was going to win. Except for those few years, the East was quite well contested before. Whether it was stronger than the West or not was the only debate. But with whatever they had, were they competitive? Sure. Um, and, and when we say go on to win the league, I'm, I'm assuming you're not just saying win the East, right? You're saying win the league, yeah. which means you're saying yep. 
Yep. Yeah, I don't think they can. I don't think these five teams can. First of all, I, I would question if they can win the East all five. But mm-hmm. win the league, a bunch of these would come up short against Phoenix or, or or the Warriors. I don't think they have what it takes, right? So, so for me, against the Warriors, I don't even think Philly can get it done. It has to be the Nets or the Bucks. These are the only two teams that, if they play to their absolute best, can take down the mm-hmm. Warriors. Uh, Suns too, I think is the same uh, challenge. Although Philly could make a close uh, series against the Suns. So for me, just looking at the East also, right? Miami and Boston both to varying degrees have the one problem that could be an Achilles heel in the East, which mm-hmm. is they don't have a formidable big man. And I know they have Bam. I know Miami has Bam. But there is a size mismatch there, which Anthony Davis kind of exposed in the bubble season. Mm-hmm. And which once or twice since then also has been exposed. That as good as Bam is, as phenomenal as he is both ends of the court, there is a size mismatch there if if you have the right guy to exploit it. And those right guys are few and far between. It's not like the league's full of them. Unfortunately for Miami, the East has more than one of them. So if they're facing Philly, Embiid's a problem. I don't think Bam can can really shut out Embiid. I don't mm-hmm. think he can shut out Giannis either. Giannis has figured out uh, how to get past these, these wall formula defenses and he doesn't give a fuck anymore what wall they put in front of him. <laughs> and he has the team to pass it to. If, if the wall really is yeah. that good, he now has Giroud and... Middleton and he's learned to do to rely more on his I must say excellent passing game uh, for his yep. size that's just unreal how well he passes and his court vision. So for for that reason Miami very tough. Boston forget about it if mm-hmm. they run into Philadelphia or or the Bucks because of that big man situation because you're going to give up so much deficit there. It's not just points. Yeah. It's not those once in a while second chance opportunities that they create from offensive rebounds. You are a big loss is it's kind of like in the loan giving business, right? With the bank, you always say, you can't be in the credit business if you don't know how to collect your payments. <laughs> if you can't get your money back, you just can't be in the business. And and rebounds will crush you in the playoffs. Defensive too. If you can't get your defensive rebounds, uh, that's going to be a big problem because you're going to gift uh, free opportunities to the other guy. All the effort you put into getting a good stop or forcing a bad shot is going to be wasted. The clock's going to get reset. You'll just get butchered on all fronts. So it's it's more than one problem when you have that big man mismatch. So I don't think Boston and Miami are going anywhere. I think the East is between the Sixers, the Nets, and the and the Bucks. Okay. Uh, before we even close down this episode, we'll let's talk about the Lakers for a bit. Uh, we're not going to talk about all the teams in the West. We'll do that tomorrow. But LeBron James, the first player to get to thirty thousand points, uh, ten thousand rebounds, and ten thousand assists, two fifty point games in the last one week. Now the Lakers are going nowhere. They're Zero and seven in games that LeBron has not scored fifty after the All Star break. Yeah. Uh, now, what is the point of LeBron playing anymore? Do you think the Lakers still have a chance that uh, LeBron can single-handedly carry a team, uh, beat a couple of playoff opponents, make the final Western Conference final? Maybe not happening. Then, uh, is it better for the Lakers to shut down LeBron for the season, come back refreshed, rejuvenated next season? And then make a play when you have a fitter Anthony Davis, and then don't know who the rest of the roster is going to be. But uh, fitter yeah. Anthony Davis and LeBron are still strong. So, do you think that's the best option for uh, the Lakers? Just give your uh, younger yeah. guys or whoever is available a run and shut down LeBron. Let him go uh, chill out for the next few months. Come back fitter, stronger, more rejuvenated, more motivated, and then you never then you see what happens there. Yeah, if this was if Anthony Davis's injury was as that he's out for the season. Maybe mm-hmm. there's merit to what you're saying. Like mm-hmm. what it was with the Warriors. Their nuclear was out for the season. 
Yeah. And uh, they still went for it with Steph. They kind of just got him a few games. But then when he broke his hand and that seemed yeah. a few months at least, they're like, okay, by the time you come back, it's more than half the season gone. There's no point. Let's just, <clears throat> excuse me, let's just chuck it and then pick it up next season with Clayback. And yeah. in the meantime, train our young guys and they did that very well and it worked. Now, if AD's injury was similar and season ending, sure. But as long as there's hope that <clears throat> AD can come back in whatever form before the playoffs, and usually he comes back in good form, it's just how long does that last is the problem. Or how long does he last is the question. But uh, if AD can come back, then this team's a problem. I think everyone would agree with LeBron and AD back. Whatever form Russell Westbrook is in, this team's a headache to deal with, especially in the playoffs with their with their unique abilities and their experience. So... Um, they've got no business throwing in the towel just as yet. I think they should just keep going. The real question is, should they bench Westbrook, not not LeBron? Mm-hmm. Um, is, there, is there something to be gained there? I, I think it's worth a shot, I think, for a few games because they've tried every permutation possible. The record's mm-hmm. no better in any of them. He's not playing better in any of them. He just can't seem to play the role that they need him to play uh, for some reason. Um, and if it's going to take... I mean, what, Westbrook had five points or eight, was it, in that Wizards game? Yep. where uh, yep. it, It's not helping anywhere. Those points can be picked up by pretty much anyone under the sun. Does he offer anything else? Rebounds, he's not the triple-double monster he used to be. He does, he does nothing on defense. I struggle to see why somebody off the bench can't replicate this kind of production. So, maybe it's worth a shot for a few games at, at the very least. So I agree. I think Westbrook will be better with a weaker unit playing around him. Uh, yeah. He's one of those guys, you put him in OKC, he'll do better, right? So it's like Correct. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put him with a weaker bunch, he'll he'll be the Westbrook you want him to be. So I, yeah, I the Lakers should go that. for it. Lakers should, plus also, what do they get from tanking anyway? Even if they... Uh, they don't have apart picks, yeah. From, yeah, they have nothing. They have nothing to look forward to. It's not like it's not like they have one or two players who... Like the Warriors had a bunch last season who look like give them some playtime and by next season they'll be yeah. ready to support. You saw that with Jordan Poole this year. Correct. Wiggins also they had. I think they put yep, in some yep. good time to improve yep. Wiggins and fit him in. So they have all of that going. What the hell do the Lakers have? Stanley Johnson, Reeves, like what the fuck? <laughs> you can develop them all you want. And they're good players, but they're, they're a good two, three years away from, from getting to the level that, that the Lakers would need them to be. Uh, and LeBron James is never interested in development projects. Plus, how does he get Kareem's record? So, not happy. Mm-hmm. We spoke about Brooklyn Nets being a dangerous 8th seed. Uh, are Lakers the most dangerous ninth seed ever? <laughs> At this point, they're not the most dangerous anything ever. But they can be. They can be. This is the most upside any ninth seed has had getting yeah. into the playoffs. Let's just say that. I agree. Totally agree. Well, that's all on today's episode. Fun games to look forward to today. Uh, the Nuggets play the Sixers. That's something that I'll be watching. Jokic versus Embiid. Uh, Draymond Green is back for the Warriors today. Yep. They play the Wizards and the Bucks versus Jazz where the return of Brook Lopez. Uh, Bucks versus Jazz is always going to be exciting. So, uh, hope Rudy Gobert is fit. And Shout out uh, to Trey Young for his 47 last night. Uh, didn't get mentioned in our episode but saved my sinking ship. That is my fantasy league. So, thank <laughs> you. Absolutely. Four, lo- four logo threes. So, Trey Young is really... Yeah, four uh, turnovers also fucking. Couldn't have saved a one. <laughs> at least one of those. <laughs> Alright then. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Yes. Bye. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to check out our other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app, ivmpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on our social media. We're at IVM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to reach out to us, and you know you do, you know you want to reach out to us and tell us that our opinions on your favorite players are trash. You want to tell us Magic Johnson is still better than Steph Curry and you don't think Steph Curry has changed the game. For all that and more, reach out to us on both Instagram and Twitter.
If you love cricket, listen up. The Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast is here for you. Hosted by DJ, Varun, and me, Ashwin, we bring a fun, fresh fan's point of view to talking all things cricket. Sometimes it's just the three of us, sometimes we have guests, including current and former international cricketers. For new episodes every week, check out the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast on the IBM app, website, or wherever you get your podcasts. Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your 5-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday as I explore the strange, obscure, and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website, or wherever you get your podcast from. <laughs>